0: to put on your dancing shoes for the third time since 2017, and the third time in the Randy Mazey era, the West Virginia baseball team is headed to the NCAA tournament. You are listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Your WVlawfirm.com. Ryan Decker and Kevin Redfern here in our Morgantown studios. Just uh, really two hours or so after it was announced that West Virginia's baseball team is headed to the NCAA tournament for the third time since 2017, a big day. Kevin, in the history of the program, not an unexpected announcement. Uh, Maybe the location where they are going, this team, is a bit unexpected. Maybe not exactly what some people were thinking. But overall, a day that many in this program saw coming this year, especially with the way that 90% of this regular season and this season is going for WVO. Absolutely. And no matter how the last couple of weeks have felt,
1: if you were to take this snapshot in history and give this team this placement before the season started and tell that to them, they'd be thrilled. Yeah, And I, I think Randy Mazey's really trying to emphasize that both to his team and to the community that they've they've done something special this year.
0: Just the 14th NCAA tournament appearance and program history for WVU. Of course, there was that 21-year lapse between 1996 and 2017 when Randy Mazey finally got this program back into the national tournament, and they've been back now. This will be the third time since Randy Mazey did that. WVU, the two-seed in the Lexington region, that region, of course, hosted by the Kentucky Wildcats, one of the eight teams from the SEC conference that is hosting a regional this year. Uh, it, Kevin, just that number specifically, eight teams from one conference hosting a regional. Uh, it's, it's certainly impressive, really shows where the SEC stands compared to these other leagues. But don't think that just because the SEC is hosting all these teams or all these regionals, that these other conferences don't stand a chance. Certainly some teams in the Big 12, the ACC, the Pac-12, have a great chance to get out of these regionals. Oh, 100%. Coach,
1: Maisie said today that he thinks anyone in the Lexington Regional could win it, and that's just the way college baseball works sometimes. And it, when you point out Kentucky specifically, they're an interesting one to get matched up with, at least theoretically, mm-hmm. if they do play. Uh, because Kentucky, if they're placed in a different conference, you look at their conference record, it stands out. Oh, they almost—they barely made it 500 in their own conference. But right. like you mentioned, the SEC is a gauntlet this year, and just having their schedule and playing the way they did was impressive.
0: We're, we're going to get to this in a second, but what Kevin just alluded to there, the interesting seasons that all four teams in this regional had. It is, it is noteworthy because you look at all of these teams and everyone. I mean, it's baseball to a degree. You're going to have a roller coaster season unless you're the 27 Yankees, I guess. But uh, all these teams riding a bit of a roller coaster at various times throughout this year. But let's give you the rest of the regional field here. Number one seed is Kentucky. They are the number 12 overall national seed in the NCAA tournament. Number two seed is West Virginia, your WV Mountaineers. And uh, number three, the Indiana Hoosiers out of the Big Ten Conference in the fourth and Final team in this regional field is the Ball State Cardinals. Uh, boom goes the dynamite, as that old clip goes. So, uh, Kevin, just real quick, we 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 got. And you're just are you just realizing <laughs> yes, that, that that just okay. landed on me? I have only, only made that That's joke a three times here since the regional got announced, and you're the first person I think to really, at least appreciate it, which which I appreciate by by proxy. So, your thoughts on this field? I know we just got into that a little bit, but your, your thoughts on? Uh, this Lexington, Kentucky region? It's wide open. I mean, like we just mentioned, Kentucky is a team that,
1: while they've played an impressive schedule, they've had their ups and downs. Indiana, while they've had a successful year, still couldn't get to the top of a very weak Big Ten conference overall. And then Ball State pulling some heroics to earn an automatic bid. Uh, Because of that, each team has a little bit of their own asterisks next to it heading in. West Virginia's would be they've dropped five in a row heading into the tournament. So my Immediate takeaway is you got a wide-open regional. Uh, we see it every year, three seeds, four seeds winning, going on and moving to the Super Regional. Would not be surprised if this, in the slightest if any of the three other seeds other than the host in Kentucky win.
0: It was really interesting to talk with Randy Mazey, Tevin Tucker, J.J. Weatherholt after the selection show wrapped up. And we'll give you some of that sound here coming up in a little bit. But uh, there, there were a couple, I think, uh, themes from talking to those three individuals. One, that, that this was not unexpected. obviously the fact that West Virginia was going to the NCAA tournament, but a different feeling this year compared to last year, certainly when West Virginia was one of the last four teams or so left out of the tournament. And then a different feeling from 2019 when this program was hosting a regional uh, for the first time in a very long time. It's a different feeling this year, partly because of the way the regular season, the big 12 tournament ended, but uh, certainly a different feeling for this program. And then the other thing is, that chip that Randy Mazey talked about being on this program's shoulder all of last season, entering this season, uh, is still there. Now, I think the last two weeks have dug that chip a little bit deeper, kind of emboldened that chip on the shoulder just a little bit here uh, over the last two weeks. But let's take a quick look at these teams' resumes so far and how these teams got here. West Virginia, obviously the Big 12 regular season tri-champion, a co-champion, however you want to phrase it They're 39 wins, the most in regular season in program history, and of course J.J. Weatherholt leading the way as that Golden Spikes semifinalist and of course here's a reminder fans can go online and vote for J.J. Weatherholt help him advance to the finalist stage of that award voting make sure to do that you can head to our website to find out how to do that Kentucky the top overall seed in the regional 36 and 18 record on the year 25 and 6 at home there at uh I believe it's Kroger ballpark uh where they play so 25 and 6 at home this year 0-1 in the SEC tournament, 6-5 Kevin, in the month of May, And that you know playing out the final stretch of that loaded SEC uh, schedule. There, 6-5 in the month of May. That's a theme that both you and I saw when looking at this regional. None of these teams exactly ended the regular season or enter the national tournament playing maybe their best baseball.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be the narrative we're watching because there's going to be one team that overcomes that tough May and was able to use it as the metaphorical or literal, in WVU's case, chip on their shoulder. But... uh, there's going to be three teams here who close out the season on a relatively sour note. So that's something to think about when you're looking at West Virginia. Oh, they've lost five in a row. Could they rebound? Of course. Um, but I mean, there's
0: there's going to be teams here who end this season on a tough note. Sticking with Kentucky here for just a second, just 45 home runs on the season. It's about, you know, 60% or so of what West Virginia has done this year. West Virginia uh, crossed the 70 threshold and hit 76 home runs thus far this year. Of really, Kentucky, not a big power hitting club, but when you compare the Wildcats to the Mountaineers, similar offensive styles, Kentucky likes to steal a good amount of bases, 89 successful steal attempts on the year, good team average, good team on base percentage. So if that becomes a Saturday matchup in the winner's bracket of this regional, it'll be an interesting matchup between Kentucky and West Virginia. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here because West Virginia has to face Indiana in the first round of this regional. The Hoosiers' 41 and 18 overall record, 15 and 14 in games not played in Bloomington. So that's one of those marks we talked about Kentucky not being great away from home if they would have had to go somewhere else and not host. The, the Hoosiers just barely over 500 in games not played at home. Going back to that that theme we talked about of not none of these teams playing exactly great at this time of the year. Indiana, they've lost four of their last six games after going 0-2 in the Big Ten tournament. So again, uh, Kevin just these teams not playing fantastic right now. Right, and
1: the Hoosiers statistically, they kind of find themselves in the middle of the pack in most uh, significant hitting and pitching statistics, but being on the stat kick we've been on, I found one that's interesting. Indiana leads the Big Ten in errors with 66. Now, and on the flip side of that, WVU, their first-round opponent, they strike out at the second lowest rate in the Big 12. Uh, So, In theory, the Mountaineers are putting the ball in play more so than a lot of other teams, which could lead to a higher error count. I think of postseason baseball. You think of those wacky plays, those mental mistakes, the errors, the base running that wins you games. And those, the, I, when you think about errors defensively, you need to be as buttoned up defensively as you can. Could be a good matchup point for WVU. Well,
0: we'll think about you know defensively how w- one error can kind of spiral out of control. I think that to a degree is what the Ball State Cardinals found themselves being helped by in the. MAC Tournament Championship game. Uh, We'll get to that here in just a second as we kind of recap these team seasons. But looking at Indiana for just another moment here, 72 home runs on the year, three different players with double-digit home runs, led by uh, Devin Taylor with 16 on the year. Uh, Just kind of looking at Indiana briefly here, 299 team average. So, I mean, all these teams right about in line with one another offensively. Uh, But Indiana, I will say, does not steal a lot of bases, just 43 steals on the year. So West Virginia certainly has the advantage. In the um, aggressiveness department, and that should help even more so a story you just wrote on our website about Dane Leonard really limiting the, the opposition's run game. I mean, I'd, at, at this point, I would be hard pressed to see Indiana really even trying to get much going on the base path. Oh, absolutely. Assuming that the scouting report's going to be there on Leonard, uh, it definitely would not
1: be playing to the Hoosier strong suit. Uh, so, overall, I mean, if you're not stealing extra bases, if you're not earning those free bases and then they're hurting you on the back end that in baseball that's always the difference i shouldn't say always but that's oftentimes the difference
0: all right now let's get to those ball state cardinals we kind of alluded to this their magical way they got out of the mac tournament won that conference tournament championship and earned the automatic bid to the ncaa tournament kevin a, a big home run they're at the top of the ninth inning uh, trailing at that point eight to nine to kent state who had a really good season this year kent state ended up being left out of the ncaa tournament field but a grand slam there in the ninth inning to capture a tournament or conference tournament championship impressive stuff and really that could be some mojo that leads ball state to possibly picking up a win here in this regional
1: no you can guarantee that Kentucky is talking
0: right now about
1: how out of all the other three teams in the regional, Ball State is the scariest right now. Automatic bid, the most to prove. And right now, they're riding this high of a fantastic ninth inning performance after they already gave up a significant lead. You have to be feeling as a team, if you're Ball State, like you can beat anyone. So they know going into this, or Kentucky being they, that they're going to get their best uh their best effort in Ball State.
0: Ball State, I guess, really is playing some of the best baseball out of these four teams heading into this NCAA Tournament Regional 8-6 and in the month of May. The Cardinals are after uh, being swept in the final series of the regular season by those Kent State Golden Flashes that they knocked off in the MAC Tournament game. So there you have it. A quick recap of how all these teams got to this point in the season and qualified for the NCAA Tournament. We're going to head to a quick break real quick and when we return, we'll have comments from Skipper Randy Maisy, second baseman J.J. Weatherholt, and shortstop Tevin Tucker, as they react to entering the NCAA tournament and learning
2: their fate on Monday. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, unexpected hurdle. Pritt and Spano, unseen circumstance. Pritt and Spano personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano, their passionate team, will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Coach, third time uh, in your tenure here, you all are going to the
0: NCAA tournament. What's the feeling like? Uh, Just initial thoughts.
3: Some, that show is a little bit different. Sometimes you don't know if you're in or not. Sometimes you're super nervous watching it. Kind of felt pretty good about it this time. It was a lower stress level this time, feeling pretty good about getting in. We knew we knew we weren't hosting based on the sites last night. So just a matter of where we were going. So uh, pretty cool feeling to, to sit there in a pretty low stress environment.
0: Do you have any idea Lexington might be the place? Were you thinking anywhere else?
3: You know, I don't get caught up in those. The projections start coming through at the midway point. And at first, we weren't in at all when the projections came out, and then we were in, and then we were hosting, and then we weren't. So reading projections is just for entertainment purposes only. You you never really know. when you get in that room, you know, if geographics are going to play a part or – you have no idea which teams are in and which teams aren't until the last tournament game is played. So everything up to that point is just a guess. So don't get too caught up in it. What's it take to get to the super regional? You know, people have asked me a regular people have asked me uh, before, how do you how do you how do you win a regional? You get in a regional. And when you get in a regional, there's teams out there that showed you it it's turned into a a weekend series and if you get hot at the right time which we're really capable of then anybody can win any regional anywhere it's just the team that gets hot and your good players have good days and anybody anybody can win anywhere when when Duke came in here and won our regional in 2019 I think they had lost seven out of the previous nine games none of that matters at this point it matters the next three or four matters way more than the last three or four. And I think our guys are excited, uh, where we're going, who we're playing. And I'm excited, I hope all the fans are excited. Uh, Really, really proud of our team. Uh, Compare the feeling of today to back in 2019
0: when you were a freshman, and you guys heard your name called?
4: Uh, It was a great feeling. I mean, just to be able to be in a tournament is a great feeling. Uh, My freshman, you know, we hosted, so we already knew. But this year, I mean, it just feels good to kind of be back in the tournament since being out a couple of years. So just a great feeling overall, just like 2019.
3: Coach was talking about the the pain of kind of being one of the first four teams left out of it last year that it kind of provided a chip on the shoulder for you guys. Um, just kind of talk about that a little bit. How is it possible to carry something like that with you over the course of, you know, 55 games? Right,
4: right, right. I mean, last year, yeah, we were very very upset that we didn't get in we thought we did everything we could but uh just like you said coach said we carried that with the chip on our shoulder the whole year um we didn't want to make any doubt this year so we just wanted to go out and play our game and we left no doubt to make sure we get in the tournament this year
0: what have the last three four days been like for you guys ever since you all got back from the big 12 tournament
4: uh it's been kind of a regroup um kind of got back had an off day uh we actually wouldn't got Everybody got massages from massaging me, so we got some massages, kind of relax a little bit, just kind of regroup and uh, just kind of kind of step back from the game, just relax a couple of times uh, one day and then we get right back to it.
5: Yesterday, we we're practicing then today.
0: First time experiencing uh, your team's name being called for the NCAA tournament. What's that feeling like?
5: Uh, it feels really good. Um, you know, we didn't get that last year, which is something we wanted. So this year is definitely a redemption and we got our chance that we've been asking for
0: and then, you know, on top of that, you get your chance at redemption. But then you personally, right after they announce the team, they talk, you know, J.J. Weatherholt, one of the best players in the country. What's it kind of like hearing that, especially on that big of a national kind of televised event?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. Um, obviously, I'm just like more excited for the guys and the group as a whole. But I mean, that is something that's that's cool. to set up.
2: Can you compare
5: the feeling inside from when you were told last year that you weren't going to play and. Sitting in Netherlands, and seeing your name called? Yeah, I mean, it's just complete polar opposites. Last year when we got told that we weren't in, I mean, pretty much everyone was in tears crying. You know, this is when we realized that, wow, our season's over, and then this year we hear our name and everyone's jumping around screaming. So it's just polar opposites. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, I mean, we all do. That was something we talked about in the beginning of the year. And then I think also especially how we ended the, the regular season this year, that's another thing. The chip just keeps getting bigger.
0: Maybe in that sense, I mean, obviously you never want to lose five straight games. But mm-hmm. uh growing that chip on your old shoulder is is that potentially a positive for this team entering the postseason
5: i mean yeah you mean you take it negatively positively however you want to it kind of just um we'll find out how we respond uh in this regional and and that's when we'll know more about it but i mean we got to look at the positives and, and the year that we've had and build off of that instead of just looking at the losses and let that like ruin our season
2: Pritt & Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt & Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt & Spano. Personal injury? Criminal law? Flash wills? Family law? You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt & Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt & Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com.
0: Back here on the Gold and Blue Nation podcast, Ryan Decker, Kevin Redfern here with you on this Selection Monday here across the country for college baseball teams. West Virginia, one of the 64 teams, still vying for that trip to the College World Series and a possible NCAA championship. West Virginia, the number two seed in the Lexington, Kentucky Regional, meaning West Virginia will play against Indiana at 7 p.m. on Friday night. That's June 2nd. That game will be streamed on ESPN+. Uh, So, Kevin, that's that match matchup there on the first day of this tournament. West Virginia versus Indiana at 7 p.m. Kentucky versus Ball State at noon that same day on Friday, June 2nd. That game will air on the SEC network. We mentioned how none of these teams are playing particularly well right now, so let's move past that for a second and look at maybe another talking point for West Virginia. As we kind of wrap up here, the pitching staff, possible pitching rotation. Randy Maisie changed some things up in the Big 12 tournament by having David Hageman, a freshman, start on the mound in game one against Texas Tech. Uh, At least score-wise, that didn't work out, but I think we can all agree Hageman pitched well for the most part in that game. thoughts on possible pitching scenarios for West Virginia. This was one thing Randy Maisie uh, wasn't really asked about in his time with the media today, so we didn't get any insight on this, so just kind of thoughts, I guess, on what Randy Maisie might do. The two logical options that pan out to me would be going back to Hageman for Game
1: 1, like he did in the Big 12 tournament. We, Even though Hagman gave up a couple of runs in his first collegiate start last week, Maisie was incredibly impressed and super vocal about how his freshman threw the ball in his first start. The other one would be going back to your ace Ben Hampton, your typical Friday night starter. Uh, This game happens on Friday, so if you have any questions about his routine, that's pretty much answered already. Uh, But there is kind of this this urge for coaches to go away from their ace in the beginning of tournament play in order to have them in a must-win scenario. That did not work very well in the big 12 tournament nor against texas in the final series of the season so for that reason i would not be surprised if randy Macy takes the conservative route and does go with the first team all big 12 pitcher ben hampton to start uh, postseason play on friday
0: ben hampton certainly a viable candidate obviously he's pitched uh very well this season and you make a good point about getting him back on his normal rhythm of a friday start there i almost wonder though If West Virginia and Randy Mazie, if they go with Blaine Traxel in Game 1, with the reason being Game 1 is so important because it sets up the rest of your pitching staff for the rest of that regional tournament. You want to save as much bullpen arms as you can to make sure when you need those pressure-packed outs, they are as fresh as possible. Blaine has shown time and time again this season, he's going to get you deep into a game, at least into the 6th inning, possibly longer than that if he can be at the top of his game. I almost wonder if Blaine gets out there on Game 1 just to get you into the sixth before you hopefully have to call on a Noah Short, a Carlson Reed, whoever it may be out of the bullpen. But certainly, I think those three, Ben, Blaine, and David Hageman certainly obviously the candidates start game one and then game two and game three and so on. So West Virginia, the way this works out, West Virginia versus Indiana on Friday Friday night. The winner of that game between WVU and Indiana will play the winner of Kentucky and Ball State on Saturday. Those two losers uh, will also play on Saturday in an elimination game. You need to win at least three games to get out of the regional, and you have to avoid a second loss to make sure you get out of the regional. So that's uh, that's the schedule, and that's how it all is shaping up at this moment. West Virginia is going to be traveling down to Lexington later this week. They'll have a practice on the field on Thursday, and then it's go time for this second season, the third season, however you want to look at it. They're beginning on Friday as the postseason really officially begins, and it's playoff baseball here for West Virginia.
1: Yeah, and I think we're going to know a lot about where this West Virginia team stands, how they handled the week of rest, how they handled a losing streak within minutes of the game on Friday. Obviously, a lot of their games the past two weeks have been dictated early in the first couple of innings. I don't expect that to change uh, on Friday, whether it be for better
0: or worse. Um, So we should have a good picture early on. Getting off to a good start, winning those first couple innings, that was also a topic of conversation with both Randy Mazie and J.J. Weatherhold as well. So I invite everyone listening to this to hop over to our website, Uh, goldenbluenation.com to see those interviews that were conducted with the players and the head coach on Monday and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to speak with them again prior to the start of the NCAA tournament. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Angelica Trenone and myself, we we will be heading down to Lexington, Kentucky to provide coverage of WVU's NCAA tournament run. So with that being said, you can stay up to date on this historic Mountaineer baseball team at goldenbluenation.com and on the always free Golden Blue Nation app available for download on Apple and Android devices. Listeners to this podcast can also find past episodes of the Golden Blue Nation podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music, and pretty much wherever else you can find your podcast. For Kevin Redfern, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your wvlawfirm.com.